Hello, super nerds from the past, present, and future. Welcome to episode eight of the Adventures in Novus podcast. We're still going. I'm just as surprised as you are. If you've gone this far, you are officially my favorite person. I know you are also awesome, so you liked and followed our stuff in the socials. Descriptions down below. Anyways, enough of that. Let's just get into it with an intro from Crick. Hello, friends. This was episode of Transitions last time. First, we start off and find Strange Eye of Cleric that helps detect the undeads. Then Claire, my goodness, has become quite beautiful. Her skin <laughs> is a perfect puke green. Her claws, very sharp. We travel to the docks by Gondola to Travers Hayden. Along the way, Travers tells us some of himself. He was perhaps not always a human. Very strange man. I learned the word Mulligatani from Anders. <laughs> I learned the word Mulligatani from Anders. His language is full of surprise. The ancestors, they teach me more about the language of the gnomes after I hear this man speak. Now I know it, like I always know it. We get to the new inn called Tooth and Claw, where we hear about another witch. It seems there are many of my kind in this area. Perhaps she will have many informations for us to help find the princess. Then I believe Anders and Travis are going on strange quest to do strange human words while I go to have nap. Good night, everyone. So last we left our heroes, Crick, Claire, and Anders all retired to their rooms. But the night wasn't over for Travis or Anders. Travis wants to meet up with the old gang he was involved with in the slum area, and Anders has decided to go with him. So what's your guys' plan here with the sun just about to set in Trader's Haven? Well, I know sort of they don't want to really open the door and get anybody going around while people are still bustling about the city, so they, they prefer to come a little bit later at night anyway. So it'll take us about, uh, I think, 20, 30 minutes to get over to that side of town. Yeah. Travis, I have no intentions of trying to uh, mingle or fit in with a bunch of charlatans, so I think it's best if I maybe just hang back and make sure things are on the up and up, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'd really appreciate that. I mean, I don't want you to get too close, you know, hang back a couple blocks even, like just know that I might come running out of there. Right, I don't trust these people, so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have your back if should you need it. Okay, well, oh, I got a signal. I have a whetstone as well. I'm going to bring that. And if you ever see a whetstone get thrown out of one of the front windows, come come barge it in. Right, that sounds reasonable. <laughs> all okay, right. now we're all set. Um, <laughs> Team Whetstone heads in the direction of the Forsaken Hideout that you have gone to from your backstory to do the odd jobs and this and that. You know the hideout very well. You know the way to the hideout. As Travis leaves the Tooth and Claw, with Anders not far behind, he walks through a little bit of farmland before reaching the slum area of Trader's Haven. Here the houses are sloppily made, mostly wood frame with bits of various debris like animal dung, clay, and whatever else they can find to fill the gaps and hold it all together. Most roofs are thatch. Some are just covered with bits of canvas threaded together. The streets are hard packed dirt and they're very dusty whenever someone passes by. Here it seems like people make do with what they have. 
Some are passing back and forth and they're carrying grains or rice or other low-grade foods to feed their families. Some are just in alleys chewing cat lazily, sitting down. They're either up or down, depending on what stage of uh, the drug they're feeling. And there's as well naked children just running around in random areas. There's no guards here, no visible guards, but Travis knows that the Forsaken are around and they may not appear as guards, but they're definitely ruffians. I give little nods to people as I walk by. Anybody they recognize? Okay. And Anders is trailing you how far back? 50 yards. The game's in feet, so we'll see. 50 feet. <laughs> Very different things. Yeah. It's all the same. It's the illusion of make-believe. Three fathoms. <laughs> Three fathoms. <laughs> 25 <laughs> leagues. <laughs> so you arrive to this low-grade hideout. Is guarded by initiates, which are mostly young boys and girls who have had a rough life and want to join the Forsaken because the gang feels like the family they never had. One such boy recognizes you and dutifully runs inside to mention your arrival. This happens each time you come to this place, so you're not worried. The area you've been hanging out and receiving the odd job here and there to make your way up in the ranks of the Forsaken is in the central area of the slum. On the outside, it appears the same old rundown house, but on the inside, you know that it's a place for low-ranking members and also a place where people with lower incomes go to gamble, buy a drug called cat, and organize small crimes. A large human with an eye patch comes out the door after the young man warns of your arrival. He's wearing worn leather armor with two scimitars on either side of his weapons belt. You know him to be Rufio. <laughs> yes. Oh. When you approach Rufio, he holds out his hand for the secret handshake. It involves some clever bumps of fists, a few slaps back and forth, and the snap of the fingers. Ah, Travis, where have you been these last three days? I know you you know a bit about my propensity for a. Uh, wait, wait, come, come! Oh. Don't say anything outside. Oh, sorry, I was just so excited to tell you the story. He motions you inside. Inside the first room, you see gang members on the right side playing cards and chewing cat. On the other side, you see there's a small fighting pit where others are betting on leaf fleshy fights. He takes you past there up the stairs into the attic where his small office is. This is where you've routinely received missions from him. There isn't a door to the office, just a large piece of wooden cloth that covers the opening. He opens it for you to step in. His desk is a piece of two by six plank wood on top of two empty rum barrels. He takes a seat behind and motions you to do the same. I sit behind the desk. <laughs> you just push him out of the way. He said do the same. So. <laughs> yeah. No, I sit down. There are two large mastiff dogs and they're both sleeping on the corner on patchwork pillows. So like I said, where have you been? Oh, sorry, yeah, I mean, um, well, I mean, as you know, I... I I go down to the docks every morning, right? I, I gotta see who's going on this adventure. I want to see who's uh, going to find this princess. And I finally saw some folks that were uh, looked a little bit strong enough. So I thought, you know, maybe I'm gonna go up and see what the word is all about. But I really was going undercover for you because I wanted to find out that if anybody was suspecting us of doing anything shady with this princess, which I know we're not. So I didn't want us to be falsely accused. So I found my way up there, and I, I, I mean, I made some friends with these guys, but uh, they're, they're actually really strong. Uh, we, we, we slew a witch on the way back. You know, it was, uh, 
it was a uh, something something to behold. True fucking story. Roll a bluff check. <laughs> Diplomacy. Diplomacy. That was all true. No, it's not true that you were spying to see if maybe I was. No. No. Oh. <laughs> What'd you roll? Five. (laughs) With a plus zero is five. So you roll a five on your bluff check. So you leave, and I don't know if you tell me the truth while you leave. It seems like chasing the princess, it's, it's making me question your commitment to our fine organization. Well, you know, if I if I can find the princess, I get two thousand gold, mate. I, I could give that directly to you guys to say we found the princess. Are you telling me you're gonna give me two thousand gold to fund the Forsaken? What will your friends ask for? Because we see you actually have new friends as well. Well, first we gotta find the princess, and then we gotta return the princess, and then we gotta, you know, I gotta make sure I can get all the gold. But so I, I might not get all of it, but. You know, it, it, what I can make could could come your way. He kind of sits back and, like, really squints at you. He's really studying you. He's looking for weakness or lies. You can tell he's more standoffish than normal. He definitely seems suspicious. Roll a diplomacy before continuing to talk. Come on. 20. 20 diplomacy. Yeah. No, sorry, 21. Ooh, because I put a point in it with my new level. 21. So get to the point, Travis. How much gold are we talking about for us? Well, I mean, once I take mine off the top a little bit, you know, finder's fee and all that, uh, what do we call it, uh, 300? 300 of 2,000 sounds like you're getting the wrong end of the deal, my friend. Do you need the Forsaken's protection and ensuring you get the right amount of gold? Well, are you also telling me that you're not involved then? What the Forsaken do above me? They do. I just take care of below me. Of course, I, I never mean to intrude, Roof. You know, I thought as long as we are here, I wanted to throw my hat into the to the Find the Princess Foundation. I mean, you know, I you know I've, I grew up around here, so I know the area a bit. And I thought I could maybe even be of a little bit help because I uh, know my way around the woods a bit. Even though your math and excuses are terrible, 300 gold is quite a nice donation to the Forsaken. If you can provide this, it could be greatly profitable for you, if you are still intending on rising the ranks. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, I gotta, gotta find it first, so... Oh, hey, actually, I mean, if, if you want me to get on this, and it benefits you greatly as well, you know anything? I mean, maybe you have something we could we could follow up on that... Other people might not know, say, coming from Gwaii or something like that. I don't know where the princess is. Neither do we. (laughs) All I know is Kalam come three times in three weeks, and it's been three days since the last time they've come. Those are the men you see on the dock. See, that's the Forsaken. We do good job for Trader's Haven. Keep safe. No Kalam. So maybe in four days, more Kalam come. Maybe they know something. I don't know. I just worry about below me. And you, Travis, you're below me. Gold is nice, but we like physical commitment as well. You must collect. You've been avoiding these jobs since you've been here. No. You know this. You avoid these jobs. 
Yeah. You disappear for three days with strange people. You promise large amounts of gold all of a sudden for princess. I must say, this is not a very good start. It is time to prove your worth. Here's a list of ten houses. Passes you a parchment. And it's a crude map of the slums of Trader's Haven. And there's ten houses circled around it. These are the houses that owe me the money. Go to each house, receive the money. Three silver pieces. You have this time tomorrow to give me all the monies. If they do not have the money, Rufio shrugs. Make sure they have the money. It is always somewhere. Maybe they have valuable things. Just know, Travis, you are on our radar now. If you fail this, don't come back. Yeah, okay, Rufio. Um, he makes like a shooing motion as soon as you start talking. He's, Your dogs are looking healthy. Make sure they eat lots of meat. <laughs> okay, I feed dogs. And he takes a piece of cat from out of his pocket and starts munching on it. So Travis is going to leave? Yep. Um, he'll go, he doesn't want to seem suspicious, he's going to go have a quick drink at the bar. Yep. Just a, just a quick thing, see who's about. Um, Five copper for the drink. Okay. <laughs> hey, man, you don't get free drinks in my world. I know. I just have to mark it all down. It's not some fantasy land. <laughs> Okay, um, can I look around the bar to see if there's anybody... I, I want to do a gather information check around here before I go to see if anybody's... What information are you trying to gather? Any sort of... Um, anybody who's had... Because like he said, um, Rufio said that they were involved with taking care of the Callum people, the, the spies and everything. Yeah. So I want to know if anybody had, had like first-hand knowledge of being there. Be like, oh, like oh, that would have been a cool job to get. Who got one of those jobs? Yeah, you're trying to hype up whoever was on a mission and yeah. squeeze him for some info. Yeah. So yeah, you can roll for diplomacy to gather information. Oh my god. Nine. So nine. Yeah. So the nine, you don't get a lot of information. People are kind of focused on the fights. They don't really notice you. And in cards, obviously, they don't want to be talked to. You did buy a drink from the bartender and he just says, yeah, like we, we kill Kalam guys all the time. Like, you know this, Travis. Like, what are you asking me about? Like, I, I just serve the drinks. And that's okay. basically what you get. All right. And I leave. So you leave, and then you head back to Anders? Yep. How'd it go? Well, I uh, spoke with the boss. He was, uh, well, happy to see me, I guess. But he was uh, none too trusting of what I was saying about why I uh, wasn't wasn't there for three days. I tried to tell him. We're going to go over the whole story with Anders. Now my hope is that if I can do this, obviously I, I don't know when we're going to. So you've told me that you have to go collect. Technically, yes. Yeah, Travis has told Anders everything he's learned on the way back to the Tooth and Claw, which is where I'm assuming you're going. Mm -hmm. And uh, you get the full story as you enter the bar. And do you want to do anything else before bed? Right, Travis. I, uh, look, you got to do what you got to do. I understand that. And, uh, you know, just be safe, all right? And is, uh, I, I know you might be worried about the way I gotta, you know, use my physical presence and anything like that, but don't worry, I, 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 I really never want to hurt anybody. I mean, I don't even want to take the money in the first place, so I think I'm going to find some way for them to invite me in. I'm going to give them the three silver that I have, and then they can just give it back to me that way, if they don't have it. It's, Look, uh, 
Travis, as, as threatening and imposing as your physical presence is, Thank you. you find yourself needing to... Uh, if you have someone you're, you're having trouble collecting from and you're short, I certainly could also assist in covering these debts in the sake of smoothly proceeding here without needing to risk yourself or... It's three silver, like... Yeah. It's not a lot of money. So, don't feel the need to, obviously. Okay, well... You already know what to do. You're good. You've got a good head on your shoulders, lad. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go check on these first two. You have, you have a good night, Candice. We'll see you in the morning. Good night. Travis is gonna go to the first two houses. You're going to the two closest ones on the parchment you were given. Yep. And, uh, how do you approach the door? What do you say? Are you brandishing your earth splitter? Are you going unarmed? So I'm, gonna go, I'm just going to knock on the first door. Okay, so you knock on the first door. Yeah. And there is a human male there. And he is happy to see you. And he has three silver in his hand. And he's ready for you. And he even thanks you for your protection and wishes you a good day. I don't have a hat, but I, I make a hat tipping motion. Yeah, so do you take the three silver? Yeah. All right. So then you move on to the second door. And the second door doesn't open right away. And from the other side of the door, you hear, Go away! I say, Well, that's not very nice. Uh, maybe just open the door quickly and we can uh, be on our way. Roll of diplomacy. It's better 15. 15. I'm old. I can't afford this tax anymore. I don't care if I die. I have nothing left to give. Do what you must to me. And he opens the door and he just kind of holds his hands out and closes his eyes. I'm going to give him a hug as I bring out three silver. And then as I back away, I go, thank you for your night. So you palm the three silver as you give him a hug and pull away, making it look like you just took three silver from him. Yeah. And yes. fully saying to him, like, I'm taking your silver. Yeah. Do you have sleight of hand? I do not. Yeah, just roll a dexterity check. It's the same thing. <laughs> It'd be the same. Ooh, 19. 19. Yeah. All right. So you do a really good job at palming the silver and making it look like you gave him a hug, but nefariously stole money from him that he never had. Why did you just hug me? I might have had some cat. Oh, get away from here. You disgust me. He just slams the door. So you're going to go back to the bar? Yeah. You go back to the Tooth and Claw, and you're the last person to fall asleep for the night. So all five party members are asleep at the Tooth and Claw. Oh, guys, we're a party. It's your first night in Trader's Haven. Anders has another fretful sleep. In your dreams, you're on a high peak in the Dragonspine Mountains, overlooking the fabled city of Grislandia. The sun is shining brightly, but over the city a shadow persists. You see dark creatures on broken walls where your countrymen once stood. The city is in disrepair with plumes of dark smoke rising out throughout it. Above all of this, in the highest tower, you see a dark, hunched figure looking down at the city. You know this to be the same area where the bishop lived. You see a black staff with a purple gem glowing on top of it in his hands. The figure then looks suddenly towards you and a chill goes through your spine. As you make eye contact with it, a bright light shines behind you. This light pours over the mountains towards the city and the battle between light and darkness erupts as they fight for space. 
A shadowy bolt flies out of the staff from the purple gem and flies right towards you. And just before it hits, a flash of light appears in front of you. It is the symbol of a chroma, a large green shield with a golden tree on it. It blocks the shadowy bolt and you wake up in a start. Once again, your bed is covered in sweat. You feel something in your right hand. Oh, it's just my cock. <laughs> oh, that's not my cock. Whose cock is that? That's far too large. <laughs> it feels like a small pendant in your hands. One for a necklace. You've had one of these before. It is a small green shield with a golden tree. What do you do with it? Right, this is rather alarming. I've conjured something from my dream into my hand. It's the goddamn bishop. I need to do something about this. No more laying about. I need to finish what's unfinished. I need to take that goddamn bishop down. I need to sever his head from his fucking neck. Uh, I take the pendant and I put it in my bag for further examination later. All right, so you don't fully accept the pendant right away. No. And you tell your... <laughs> I'm imagining things. Yeah. This is just... You see, really what it is, and I've heard tell about this, is sometimes you uh, sleepwalk or you get this sleep paralysis, they call it, and you, you can't be re held accountable for what you do under this state. So I must have, uh, you know, picked this up from somewhere. Maybe it was at the bottom of me bag. Maybe it was uh, in the nightstand. I don't know. I can't... Just go assuming things here, you know. Let's not be rash. Yeah, it's still been a long time, and you're still questioning quite what's happening. It's been a lot at once. And eventually morning comes, and it is now the 11th of Gazra, the fourth day of your journey. So what is everyone's morning routine, starting with Travis? Travis is going to get up and uh, <clears throat> get his blood pumping a bit, do his uh, calisthenics, and... Uh, Kind of reconfirm where he's where he's at today. All right. Crick, what is your morning routine? Again, I stare at my mask for about an hour and think think about what it means. My hand now my right hand now sports a new scar. It has a has what a crudely drawn man laying on the ground. I stare at it for a while and think more. All right. Feel, but I do feel much stronger from the the teachings of the ancestors. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And Anders. Right, so Anders is woken up shaken from the dream, somewhat shaken. And uh, he now has a clearer purpose, a stronger desire to right the wrongs. And he takes out his whetstone and starts sharpening his blade. Something he hasn't done for many years. It feels kind of like riding a bike. It's an old, an old habit and feels like an old friend. Awesome. So once you guys are done that, you can come out of your rooms and you'll see Travis, Claire, and Akimbo all sitting having breakfast. Do you join them? Sure. Why not? <laughs> no, they go and sit at a different table. And you're all around the table, just like you were the night before. Friends, I have some items I wish to go purchase. I will be back. 
I think we should all go and meet this witch. Yeah, uh, if, if you're all right with that, Claire, I mean, uh, might give you a little bit of insight into what's going on. I'm just willing to find any answers at this point. I'll go with you guys. Just keep me safe. I feel very uncomfortable right now. Okay, just give me a, few, a little while. I, I, I will be back. Yeah, so you quickly eat your meal and down your water and you got some things to buy in the trade district? Yeah. Okay. And uh, the rest of you, you're just going to wait for him to come back and just socialize a bit? I'm going to continue sharpening me blade. <laughs> <laughs> so you brought your whetstone from your room? and I always uh, have it. Yeah, you always have it? All right. You start sharpening it by the table after you've finished your meal. Um, Akimbo speaks up. Goes, I will not go to the witch. I will be here if you need me, but I will not go near any other witch. Witches creep me out. Pussy. <laughs> Pussy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Akimbo. I'm not there. Come on, Akimbo. You can come with us. I mean, Claire might be a witch. Come on. <laughs> Claire is not a witch. Thank you, Akimbo. Yeah, you never know. We might encounter some uh, monsters that are, you know, half size. We could use your half blade to kill. Do not be foolish. This is a witch of Trader's Haven. Everyone knows the witch of Trader's Haven. There is no battle to come. She will just tell you some nonsense and trick you. Us Guarians, we do not like witches. They always cause trouble. I will remain here. Suit yourself. And we wait uh, till Crick comes back. Yeah, so everyone's finished their meals and you guys are just kind of hanging out. Akimbo's complaining about witches. Anders is calling out his manhood. And Travis is trying to keep the peace while Claire has her odd bit here and there. And Crick finally returns from the market. What did you buy, Crick? I have very nice shiny new spear. It's much longer than my other one. And uh, some tools. Therefore... Uh, I don't want to discuss. They're small tools. As long as it's written down from your gold, I don't care. Yes. You guys keeping track of that? Yes. Yeah. All right. Excellent. I'm just going to trust you. It took all, pretty much all <laughs> our gold to get those things. But. Yeah. Crick is a very expensive party member. Uh, high maintenance, I believe, is the term. Yeah. He's probably just hustling you guys for the gold. He's not really trying to lead you. Now, friends, please lead us to the... Witch. Witches are great, and we must meet more of them. Okay, so I'm going to lead Claire and Anders and Crick out the door. We're going to head across the same kind of way we took last night. So Anders might recognize some of it. We're going to walk towards that, but then we're going to stick to the northern part of the slums, so that as we get to even the north part of the northern slums, we're just going to continue straight up from there. So you want to take the roundabout way... I don't want to go through the, the streets right now. No. Yeah. So you're going to go around the perimeter of the slums through the forest until you find the path that leads to the witch's house to the north part of the slums, which is about 500 feet into the Adaman forest. So the group travels down the path and it leads to a well-kept cottage with a thatched roof and a chimney that is blowing smoke out of it. Above the door, there are three signs. One is the sign of a snake coiled around a staff. Below that is a sign of an eye with stars around it. 
and below that is a sign with a potion bottle with a stopper on it. The door is closed, but through the windows, you see the odd flash of light happening. When you approach the door, all of a sudden you hear, Come in, come in, I'm open. <laughs> oh, such a lovely lady. Let's go. And the door opens a crack. Mm. Crick enters that crack. <laughs> Crick enters the crack. Crick easily pushes through the door, open the rest of the way, and you're welcome to the smell of lavender and some other things you can't quite put your finger on. Ah, smells like home. Inside you see a hunched figure busying itself over a pot in the fireplace, and it's in the back of the room. To the left there are two simple modest beds side by side, and to the right there is a desk slash workstation with bits of various materials and papers strewn about. Every wall is lined with shelves upon shelves. They're spaced floor to ceiling and they are all packed. Most of the objects on the shelves are corked bottles of various shapes filled with liquids of every color of the rainbow. But there's also bones, skulls, mason jars with everything from frog legs to roots to things you've never even seen before. The soot stained ceiling is covered with long stems of fresh lavender that hang from it. It's dark besides the sunlight from the windows, open door, and fireplace, leaving shadows all over the place. With an excited pizzazz, the hunched figure throws another ingredient into the pot, and a purple smoke rises up from it, and then sparkles into the air, creating another flash. There's a black bird on top of its head. Good, good, she says to herself. Customers, the bird says. Yes, customers, she says excitedly and turns and starts hobbling over in your direction. Approaching the group is an old human female. She's in a stained brown smock that extends to the ground. She is dark skinned with long white hair and she has the lightest of blue eyes. Her face is covered in wrinkles, burns and boils. The bird is a raven. Yes, yes. What can I do for you? <laughs> We wish to find out some answers. Uh, our young friend Claire here has suddenly turned into a beautiful woman. And for some reason she doesn't like this much, but to each their own, I suppose. Perhaps you can enlighten us. So you point out Claire and she looks and she goes wide-eyed. That'd be the call of the hag. Many confuse witches and hags. But let me tell you, there'd be a difference. She'd be a changeling. The waves of the universe told me to expect someone. Could it be you? Maybe it be, maybe it be not. Come, my dear. Let me see you. Sense motive? That? Because, she, yeah, you guys can sense motive. She, she wanted like I, I'm just seeing if she's wishing her harm because, or anything. Like yeah, when the witch says that, Claire is hesitant and looks to you guys for a reaction. So you guys can sense motive on the witch's intentions. Sense motive. Yeah. I rolled a twenty. Nice. I got a nine. So with Anders twenty. 
you get the sense that she genuinely wants to see what Claire is about and doesn't have any ill intentions. With a nine, Travis, you don't really know how to read the witch. Right, I think, uh, I think this witch is being sincere. So Claire hears that from you and she kind of nods and goes, um, okay. The witch does an awkward cheer and wobbles over to grab two chairs from her workstation and places them facing each other in the center of the room. Yes, give me your hands, dear. The raven hops from the witch's head onto her shoulder and the witch extends her hands out, palm up towards Claire. Claire awkwardly joins hands with the witch. The witch's eyes close. Her lips move, but don't say any words, and then her eyes open again. Her pupils have disappeared, and her eyes are now a mix of milky white and gray, swirling like a potion. She is staring right into Claire's eyes. Claire hesitates for a moment, but then she seems to relax and accept the gaze. You be who you say you be. That is good. The witch's lips have not moved. It is the raven who is talking. Its voice has a reverberation to it. You stink of the swamp as you should. You wish to stop hiding under your hood. Yes, stay with me in my house in the woods. The witch closes her eyes and opens them again, and it reveals the lightest of blue that you're used to. Good intentions, rare for changeling. The transformation was stopped just in time. <laughs> this be interesting, caught between worlds. I be getting old and have no legacy. She be what she say you be. If she wishes, I will teach her. When I die, she take my place. Uh, I can't go anywhere else. Hmm, this seems like great honor, Claire. Yes, don't worry, dear. You'll be safe here. Uh, thank you. The witch motions Claire to one of the beds, and Claire takes a seat. It is odd how the witch had two beds, as if anticipating Claire's arrival. <laughs> Claire takes off her cloak for the first time since you guys have been to the Swamp Hag's Mound, and you can see that she feels more comfortable already. I'm here to fix the copier. This be a great... <laughs> this be a great reward. An apprentice! A way to live beyond my normal life. As a reward, I will read any who wish to read freely. For free! Anyone wish to be read? My crick is very excited for these things. Please. I wish to learn of your power as well. I keep close eye on you. One thing at a time. You wish to be read? I will read you. And she kind of, she's still sitting there. Uh, and uh, you will just take the seat that Claire had? Sure. And um, do the same thing? As I'm walking by, I look over to Anders and kind of like give him, give him a knowing, knowing nod. Like, keep your eyes. Okay, yeah, funny so does Anders want to roll a perception check while 
Right. Crick is getting red. Anders picks up on the signal and he, uh, he looks at things closer. Ooh. 25. So 25 and you're looking for any funny business. So Crick takes the same stance as Claire did before and the same routine happens as you sit. Her eyes are milky white and gray. They're swirling around. They're staring right into you. And it is the raven who does the talking. It haunts you. A coming doom. A bounty is set. And it comes soon. Beware the man in snake costumes. Destiny calls. You must resume. Then the witch blinks once again, has her lightest of blue eyes, and the raven jumps back up on her head. Hmm. Yes, I, I hear some of your words. I must think more on these things. It be a warning, dearie. Two warnings, actually. Keep your eyes open as you follow your destiny. It seems the universe has big plans for you. Yes, I, uh, I, I believe these things too. The ancestors have told me already. But good to see other people now understanding the power of Crick. <laughs> Martin, Martin. Okay. Travis jumps into the seat. <laughs> I want to do a spellcraft while she's doing it on uh, uh, Travis. Okay. 22 spellcraft. So with a 22 spellcraft, you get the vibes of two spells kind of being cast in sequence. She's using some sort of divination magic to inspire prediction. As well, she is using a form of telepathy to read thoughts. Cool. Crick takes mental notes. This is a very powerful witch. I have much to learn. You definitely get the vibe that she is quite powerful. She's going to be teaching all yes. the these, these were the words I just said to you as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Travis has excitedly taken his seat as soon as Crick had left. She just slaps me. <laughs> How does she slap? <laughs> <laughs> the witch smiles at you and closes her eyes, opens them up to the milky gray and white. The raven hops down on her shoulder and begins to speak for you as you gaze into her eyes. Who to trust and what can you show? How different life be if they know? Revenge is sweet but comes with woe. Remember, dear, you reap what you sow. Neat. <laughs> Travis doesn't say anything, he just... Gives her a nod. How long to hide? 
which path to follow. Whichever you choose will determine who you be. Who be you, Travis? But, more importantly, who do you want to be? She looks then at Anders in anticipation. Uh, this is not normally my cup of tea, but uh, I have been rather bothered by some dreams lately. Maybe this could uh, help me with some clues as to... I don't know what exactly. Sit down and find out. Travis, enough sitting. Get out of there. <laughs> I'll sit down, but uh, listen, Crown, no funny business, all right? There's nothing funny about what I do. Closes her eyes, opens her eyes, milky white and gray. Raven on the shoulder, and you are locked in her eyes as the raven talks. Damage be done, but not all is through. Someone be alive. Close to you. Deep in the mountains. What will Anders do? Great be the rewards if you stay true. I bet it's Philip. <laughs> <laughs> Philip always loved the mountains. <laughs> Must be him. <laughs> What mountains, Raven? Tell me more. The witch's eyes close and open, and you see the lightest of blues. You have blood alive in this world, fallen paladin. I do not know who. You realize your destiny, you find out. Hmm. It's rather generic. How do I know this isn't just some cock and bull story? You can take the words as they are. The universe tell me I spit them out. Excuse me, fine lady. Perhaps you can honor us with your name. You seem to know all of ours. Me name is Emeraldia Fronia Mandolin. Thank you, fine lady. You can call me Esmeralia Fronia for short. The raven be Baba. Ba for short. <laughs> it's a real time saver. Kirk pulls out notebook and writes in, in there to make sure he has name correct. He's a few sandwiches short of a picnic. <laughs> <laughs> well then, f fair, fair witch. Um, we do have small business. Um, you do buying and selling, I imagine, here as well. You're spending more of our money, Crick. I'm starting to think you have a bit of a shopping problem. No, no, no. I have I have other thing here. Yes, I buy, I sell, I trade. But I don't accept the money. I just trade. I have this scroll that we, we do not uh, use, I don't think. Perhaps you want to buy. I have no money. What do you want for the scroll? I could use some training, actually. What kind of training? Stop being so vague. Which training? What spell <laughs> does it want? More than scroll for spell. No, 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 not spell. Uh, 
I need to train. I want help with some trainings. Training is commitment. Multiple days. Yes. Yes, I understand. What does it have for trade for training? I have this scroll. Need more than scroll. That's multiple day. Also, we give you, we bring you new apprentice. She can carry your legacy. I feel you should help us as we help you. I already pay for legacy with free vision. I give you training five days. Scroll not much. What what does that want? So do you, when you ask that, do you like show a bunch of things or? Yeah, sure. Just asking in general. We show the things yep. we got from the hag. So you say, what does that want? You just start pulling things out of your bag. And as soon as you pull out the jar with the eye in it, she goes, that be enough right there. Oh. That's a pretty good jar. Damn it. Yes. It's up to you. You have it. So. Yes. Okay. This is good. This is fair deal. We shall. We shall trade. Five days. Two new friends. Great day. <laughs> what do you guys do? <laughs> if you want to spend more, if not, get out. Uh, she asks. Yeah. What do you guys do? I think you've wangled us enough, Crone, for one day. If you need another wangling, you just come right back here. <laughs> you stay today? Uh, friends, do we have time? Yeah, I got some things to take care of in town, and uh, maybe we can send Anders over to see those Knights of Abadar. Let us meet back at the end tonight. Yeah, okay, uh, around dinner time? Excellent. Right, sounds good. Alright, shoo shoo, get out! We have lots of work to do. Bye, Claire! Alright, alright, keep your knickers on. Bye, guys. So Anders and Travis leave the witch's hut. With Crick staying back to, in technical terms, relearn a feat, yes? Yep. Retrain? Yeah, to retrain. Crick and wishes gonna... to retrain a feat of improved initiative into an extra hex. Yeah, and that's going to take five eight-hour sessions. So he is taking care of his first session right now. So let's start with Travis. Travis, what are your intentions? I want to collect the rest of the eight houses. All right. So Travis, you will leave the witch's hut. So as a DM, I'm always excited when the party decides to split. <laughs> this is an excellent opportunity for death. So Travis, you got three through 10 to collect from. I'm assuming you're going to collect the same kind of way, just kind of coming up to the door, doing a knock. Yeah, I mean, depending on what they say, and if they're hesitant or if I have to get creative, then yeah. I will. But, uh, you know, I, I obviously don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to steal from anybody, and I don't want to have to force myself. So, yep, yeah, so make stealing. a perception check. Uh, 21. So as you approach the third house, you get the feeling that someone is watching you. And much like the first house, the guy just comes out. He has three silver ready for you. And he says, thank you very much for your protection. I really appreciate it. And he just hands you the three silver. You're welcome. The next four houses go the exact same. On the seventh house, the door doesn't even open. But three silver pieces are thrown out the window and into the mud, and you hear a muttered curse. The eighth collection is a young girl who opens the door, and you hear the crying of a baby in the background. 
I'm sorry, sir. I only have three copper pieces. It's been a really bad month. And she brushes a small tear from her just under her eye. And she just holds her hand out and she's just about to show you the three copper pieces. I would like to do, it's going to be another sleight of hand, which isn't great for me, but I want to then kind of cup her hand like, oops, sorry, I'm bump this. I want to cup her hands as I'm about to claim it, but I've already got my three in there. So it looks like I'm taking three new ones. Okay. So roll a dex check. Natural 20. Natural natty. 20. On the sleight of hand. Very natty. <laughs> this is just a, a natty because it's yeah. not combat, so it doesn't actually crit. So you go to hold her hands, and when you go away, she retains her three copper pieces, and you kind of make a flourish of having three silver pieces for all to see. Oh, no, I take the three copper. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. You don't? <laughs> no, I leave her with those. Since so she can pay it next time. Oh. Yeah. And she just kind of bows at you and goes, thank you, sir. The ninth house, there's no one home. The door is in disrepair. And it is already open as you approach it. What do you do? Like the door's open? It's like in disrepair, so it's like kind of like on one hinge and open halfway. I I won't knock because I don't want to knock the door off. Uh, I'll just call out, hello? Anybody home? You don't hear any answer. Okay. Because it's off, can I kind of motion myself around to like peer in somewhere and see yeah you can go in without like touching the door okay and you see that inside there's just a stack of flattened and stained hay half covered by a woolen blanket on one side there's a few empty bottles on the ground and that's basically it okay uh a quick perception in case there's anything else i'm yeah uh 20 so 20 with a 20 the sun shines through a window And through the hay, you see a bit of a glint. Okay, I'll move towards the glint. So you part the hay, and you see that there's a gem inside the hay. I'm going to check for traps. Okay. Uh, Is that just regular perception? Yeah, it's for you, it's just a regular perception. 15. So a 15 for check for traps, and you don't see any visible traps around. Okay. Um, I'll... Pick up the gem. So you pick up the gem. What is it? Do you have a... I can make an appraise check, but I don't... So, yeah, you want to roll an appraise, so try an appraise on the gem. What is it? Uh, 10. A 10. So it is a sparkly gem, and you know it to be worth money, but you can't quite put your finger on what gem it is. I am going to return the gem to the hay and put the hay back. Okay. What? What a fucking pussy. (laughs) I was sent here for three silver. That's not it. I'm going to leave. And... Go to the last house. All right, so you replace the gem, and you leave the house. Now for the tenth and final house. You start approaching the house, and just before you reach the door, it opens. You hear, You never catch me alive! And you see a mangy canine's face. It has the same flat nose, beady eyes, and protruding teeth as a rat, grown grotesquely large. Behind it is a scrawny, green-skinned humanoid with an ungainly head. The dog charges you. Roll for initiative. Can't believe you didn't take the gem. 
Well, now it'll still be there if I'm a dead corpse on the road. <laughs> when we discover his corpse. On the bright side, there's this shiny tiger's eye gem in this hay over here. All right, Travis, what is your initiative? Travis got an eight initiative. So top of round one, the dog goes first. The dog moves in for a bite attack. So the dog opens its maw and goes for a bite, but you just dodge to the side. It is now the small green humanoid in the back's turn, and he's gonna try to jump through the window. And he fails. So he lands with his torso on the window with his butt hanging on the end. And you just see this little green butt trying to get through this window. He's jumping out the back of the house? Yeah. Okay. It is now your turn. I would like to use a ranger ability called Wild Empathy Mm -hmm. to talk to the dog. Yeah. Try to bring it down from its agitated state. Okay. Um, I don't know what the DC of the check is because it doesn't actually say that here. I think that might be with you somewhere. But it basically says... The ranger rolls a 1d20 and adds his ranger level and his charisma bonus to determine the wild empathy. Uh, the typical domestic animal has to start an attitude of indifferent, while wild animals are usually unfriendly. Yeah, so it'd be essentially a diplomacy check yeah. with an unfriendly creature. Yeah. So I'll treat it the same way. So you're going to have to roll a d20 and beat his modifier while unfriendly. That's not good. Uh, plus the... All right, it's my charisma. I have no charisma. Um, uh, so that'd be a 16. Yeah, so that did not make... It's not, You try to be like... What would he try to do? It's like the... Oh, it's okay. And uh, like the... What's his name? Like Chris Pratt in uh, Jurassic, in Jurassic World. Park. Yeah. <laughs> or Jurassic World. Yeah, I just saw the second one of that one. It wasn't very good. Damn blue. And he tries to like, calm it down. And it just goes... <laughs> tries to snaps at your hand just as you're trying to calm it down. Okay. Um, seeing how that doesn't work, I'm going to take a five-foot step to my right. And as I do so, I'm going to pull out a splitter. Okay. So top of round two, the dog is going to attempt another bite. 13 to hit. That is a miss. So once again, you step to the side, and the dog just misses your legs. It is now the green humanoid's turn, and he will... Make it out the window and move 20 feet away. It's now your turn. Can I what? Um, can I roll a check on the dog? Like, does it look? You said it looks strange, right? Like, it has like a rat nose. It looks like a mangy dog, and it looks like a grotesquely large rat. And you can absolutely do a knowledge nature on it. Uh, nature is 14. With the 14 knowledge nature, I can give you one piece of information. Um, besides that, you know it's a goblin dog. Ooh. So the small humanoid running away is likely a goblin. And you know that a goblin dog's dander is highly irritating to all creatures. And if it comes in contact with you, that you have a chance to receive this dog's dander and have to make a fortitude save, otherwise take some penalties. Mm-hmm. Can I quickly look around? Um, is there? Does it look like anybody's watching this too? Like, are there other people about? Well, you've had the feeling that someone's trailing you, and that hasn't disappeared. Okay. Um, because I'm thinking if I think I'm just gonna run away. I mean, I can probably do whatever. Me, I guess. Do whatever Travis would do. 
You got a mangy dog attacking you, and you got the person you're supposed to collect from running away. I'm just going to full withdraw. I'm going to run away. Uh, no, I want to take a swing at the dog. <laughs> All right. It, this thing tried to bite it a few times. It's like, just, just shut up. Sit down. Yeah, I'm going to try to hit it. All right. So you swing again with your earth splitter? For the first time. Um, oh, you swing for the first time with your earth splitter? That is going to be a... What's that? Oh, 12. Not enough. So a 12 misses. Yeah. Top around three. The dog makes another bite attack. <laughs> For a 13. Still a miss. Yeah, you can dance all day and you're just dodging these dog bites with left, right, and center. It is now the small green humanoid's turn and he will he will go 40 feet this time. And he is pretty much out of sight. And you're left alone with this dog. It is now your turn. Uh, for the greater good, I don't want this running around the slums here, so we're going to have to put this, put this out of its misery. It's goblin dog. That well, you do know that also that goblins kind of do live here too, like the odd goblin, like, but it is like an evil creature. It's tried to bite me. Yeah, yeah, times. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm but just also keep that in mind. There are like a weird people in here. Anyways, anyway, that's a little bit better. We're gonna call that a twenty-one to hit. A twenty-one to hit, and that definitely hits. As roll for damage. This is the first time he's ever hit a thing ever. <laughs> I killed a kobold. Ooh, that's pretty good. Uh, nine plus. Three. Uh, 12 damage. 12 damage. Yeah. So how do you want to do this? <laughs> I'm going to just... It's been biting at me, right? It's been yeah, biting at me. So I've been getting out of its way. And I, I do have a very good fortitude, so I wasn't too worried about the dander. But <laughs> I'm happy that I didn't have to shrug it off. Um, so he's going to... Travis is going to dodge to the right again. He keeps kind of stepping around to see around the building to follow where that goblin's going. And he's just gonna wind up like a like a baseball swing, and he's gonna and just swing right for its head and try to send its skull like over the nearest wall. <laughs> All right, so Travis takes a mighty swing and makes clear contact with the goblin dog's skull. The head rips right off the <laughs> goblin dog's body, and it's a home run <laughs> over the slums, and you have defeated the goblin dog. Fido to sleep. Okay, I want to take off and follow some footprints then. I want to see if I can find this this goblin. So roll a survival to see if you can pick up the trace of the goblin. Uh, 19. So 19. You do find some goblin tracks, and they're going north out of town into the woods. I'm just going to follow him to the edge of the slums and like look out to see if it does go out into the woods. If it goes out into the woods, I'm not going to follow it. Okay, so you follow it 100 feet, mm -hmm. and I'm going to need another survival. <laughs> Natural one for an 11. And you lose his trail as he's in the outer part of the city, but you did see him going in the direction of the woods. Uh, yeah, we'll keep going quickly then. I'll speed up and head back to turn in my... Turn in my loot and my, my collections. All right, so you head to the Forsaken hideout that you went to last night, and we'll head back to Anders, who has just left the witch's hut. What are you going to do, Anders? I believe I'll go check in with the uh, chaps at the local paladin uh, barracks, the Knights of Abaddon, or what? what? The Knights of Abadar. Abadar. 
They are. They are. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to assume that you've talked to Travis and he's told you roughly where the paladins of Abadar are. But in truth, it's not that hard to find because the paladins of Abadar have the biggest building in Trader's Haven. And what you see is the top of a golden key. And with the sun shining down upon it, you can easily start walking that way. As you pass through the slums and into the government district where the mayor lives, you notice a stark contrast from the buildings and the paths. The streets are paved with cobblestone. The houses are made of bricks. They have chimneys. Everything is well organized. You even see signs of plumbing. You see carts with meats and fruits for sale. Well-dressed people happily purchasing. Guards about making sure everyone feels safe. And well-dressed women and men engaging in gossip. Some are drinking hot chocolate. And there's some nice-looking bars around. Through there, you approach the walls of the Paladin District. Impressive stone walls ring the entire Paladin District with a single well-guarded gate as its entry point. There are parapets all around as well. You see paladins patrolling the walls. The doors to the compound are open, and there's a paladin guard at either side. You see them take you in, really stare you down, and you know what they're doing. After judging you, they both nod and allow you to go in. Inside, you notice right away how clean and organized everything is. Most of the compound is the church itself, which is in the shape of a golden key, the symbol of Abadar himself. The base of the church is the bow of the key, the part you turn with. It's a square bow with the shaft as a rising tower, and on top, two teeth protruding from the highest point of the shaft. I want to get you that looked at. You yeah. see windows along the teeth and a balcony on the very top of it. It is an impressive ten stories high and sparkles from the reflection of the sun. It has two paladins keeping guard at the open double door. They both wear plate armor with golden keys engraved on each breastplate, as well as a mace and a shield. Around the church, it is a basic setup with well-made brick houses. It has a well and a few places with signs indicating a smithy, a modest inn, and a trade shop. The streets are well-maintained cobblestone. What do you do? All right, so I approach the church. And I look for the leader of this paladin order, so I might have some words with him. See what I can learn. So when you approach the church, once again, the paladins take a second to examine you. They once again detect nothing to worry about, and they allow you to enter without a problem. At least I know I'm not evil. <laughs> Inside the bow of the key, you see it is one giant room with the ceiling 30 feet high. The fantastic architecture is all gold and silver, and it's both enchanting and breathtaking as you see the detail put in every column and wall. Exquisite frescoes reflect perfectly the unity between civilization and wilderness all over the place. None of the frescoes are bigger than the 30-foot-tall fresco of Abadar himself behind the altar at the back, with rows and rows of pews also facing it. Abadar is in the form of a human, and he has dark hair, and he's wearing a golden breastplate. He's dressed in an embroidered cloak and fine clothes. He has a key ring in one hand and an eagle perched on his other hand. 
It is very bright inside, but you don't see a visible source of light. It's hard not to feel an inner harmony when you take it all in, whether you're religious or not. There's another area where stairs lead up the shaft. Those doors are closed and it is also guarded by paladins. You see some people around gossiping, some people praying at the pews, and you see a priest at the altar receiving the donations. Right, so uh, maybe I'll walk up to this altar and this priest and make a uh, quick donation, perhaps an inquiry as to where I might find the leader. All right, so you get in line to make a donation to the priest. You're the sixth person in line, and in front of you are two paladins. They're conversing. You hear, Out on a patrol, I encountered a baby kobold crying in the middle of the woods. He seemed abandoned. My first instinct was to grab my mace and smash this vile creature. But just before my mace came down, I found myself in a bit of a quandary. It was a baby, after all. Babies are innocent. Yes, babies are innocent. Yes. So I sat and prayed. And despite the incessant wails of the awful creature, I came to a conclusion. I will foster him until he's of age, and then I will smash him with my mace. <laughs> <laughs> That's one take. <laughs> Your wisdom is unmatched, Creatol. So it's not long before you are the one in front of the priest awaiting a donation. <laughs> how much, what do you say, and how much do you donate? Right, yeah, your father, your holiness, uh, <laughs> here's a, uh, a donation, if you will. How much money are you putting in the pot? What's a good donation? Roll a wisdom check. Oh, yes, I shall check my wisdom. Oh, boy. Six. Six. <laughs> Feeling very wise today. You feel like you should make the same kind of donation you made to your old church back in Grislandia. And you would make a solid five gold donation. What? That's insane. At your own church. This is what your wisdom check is telling you. My wisdom. Mike thinks it's insane, but Anders thinks this is totally logical. That's like, I don't even know how much gold I have. I think I have like 13 gold now. That's crazy. It's not my problem. That's crazy. <laughs> That's the roll of the dice, baby. Right, well, even though I was a much wealthier man back then, and I believed in these things a lot more back then. Nonetheless, the mission is the most important thing. And I must accomplish my mission. I need this information. I shall give them the five gold pieces. And I shall do it with a clear conscience. Oh my, what a great donation. Is he used car salesman as the priest? Yes. Uh -huh. Synonymous. Oh my god, they, I should have checked for some kind of weird aura in this fucking building that makes me... He is the god of wealth. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> that. the god of wealth. I've been, I've been snookered. What can I do for you, my child? Well, I hope something quite substantial now. <laughs> <laughs> I need information. I'm looking to speak to your, uh, your elder, your leader, your... Knight Commander, I need, I have important things to discuss. Look no further. <laughs> you? Me. Excellent. That's terrific. All right. So, uh, I'm sorry, your name? 
My name is Anders. Pleased to meet you, Anders Madronis, former lieutenant of the Grislania Paladin Order. Grislania, you don't say. What is it you want to know? Uh, well, maybe two things. Me and my associates, we are looking for more information about the uh, invaders from from Kalem. Is there any information you may have about these invaders from Kalem that I may use to uh, apply leverage in our favor against them? Kalem's presence has not gone unnoticed in Abadar. We don't actively hunt them down like the Forsaken. But if you help us with the Forsaken, we will do our best to help you find more information. I'm not looking for another job here. I'm looking for information. Well, your information is that Abadar is a great proponent of peace. War inevitably leads to the degradation of trade and stifling of prosperity for the general public. Abadar advocates cautious, careful consideration in all manners and frowns upon impulsiveness. He believes that it leads to encouragement and preventive needs. You place the value of money above the value of what's right and wrong. This is what I'm saying. Good lord. And what say you about the missing princess, Gertrude? She is not our princess. We worship the guard Abadar. He gives us what we need. What sort of paladin order is this? Are you not interested in the, upholding the law? And I am not a paladin, but I am a priest, worshipping my god Abadar, and I am lawful neutral. <laughs> Lawful neutral. Yeah. Fuck, I, I want my money back. And let's this is just bullshit. And let's just say we keep things neutral. I'm sure you do. How how are you a paladin order that remains neutral? I thought that was against all the rules. Our paladins are good. And they work for us. Oh, your but God our is motives neutral. are neutral-ish. We keep the balance. Like the balance of keeping the Forsaken down. And we offer gold for this. And what would you have me do with the uh, Forsaken? There is a hideout we need taken out. We don't want to eliminate the Forsaken. That would cause chaos. Chaos brings bad trade. But we do need to keep them down. You want me to call the numbers? We just need one hideout to disappear. That's it. 600 gold. No big deal. Maybe we look for Kalam for you. I'm not a killer for hire. These are bad people. And why can't you shut them down yourself? You seem to be in quite a good position to do this. It's you that asked for information. It's you that asked for favor. Yes. I feel like I've been very forthcoming with you. But with all your might and your wealth, how have you not managed to put a stop to this group of people? You know where they are. You're going to send me there, a, a man by himself, to take care of this problem. You are not Paladin of Abadar. Paladin of Abadar, go. They take down hideout more chaos, less trade. Are you not listening? Makes no sense. <laughs> you are the symbol of order in this land. This is how we keep order. 
Dear Anders, we respect the balance, like I said. I send good paladins there. They like squashing evil people. But if we get seen doing that, there's war. We must hire heroes to help us deal with this. If you don't want to deal with evil people, then just go. Where do I go? Maybe this is a two birds with one stone kind of opportunity for me, so... Where? I don't know what you're talking about, two birds stone, but here's a map. That's my thoughts inside my head. I'm asking <laughs> you, stay out of my head. <laughs> the raven lands on his shoulder. Where, where am I going? And he just kind of pulls out a map from his robes, and he shows you a map of Trader's Haven, and he goes, right there. Excellent. And you recognize the place as the place that Travis had brought you the night before. I know the area. Avoid okay, go. Out. Come back and tell me when it's done. <laughs> to be clear, do you know what he's asking? Like To go bust this place up and call their numbers. Go kill some of them. Okay. Right? That's what you want. Hideout, gone. Hideout, gone. Kill all of them. Gone. Right, well... Time to put on my war face. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So. I fucking love this, by the way. That's <laughs> <laughs> An angry, confused Ander. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, you you probably are angry and confused, you know? You got, like, how many ranges of emotion going through you right now? You're getting these fucked up dreams. and I'm very surprised at the behavior of this Paladin Order. That's all I'm It's saying. a priest I, who's a lawful, neutral profiteer. Yes. And he's living in an area who respects profit over anything. In a town called Trader's Haven. But how do you not have profit with order and so maintaining the order? They have paladins who worship Abadar, who are loyal. They might not know the dealings that these priests are going, but they are, the paladins are themselves lawful good, and they will defend that church with can their you, life. Can you bribe the paladins to look the other way? No, 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 so, no. But no. that would be wealth, though, above all else. Think about it. How many no, priests that's not wealth, know though. the Pope is evil? Touching <laughs> little boys. A lot. But you know what I mean? Like, how many Pope? people worship, like, Trump and think he's awesome and sure. refuse to believe that there's no way Trump's a bad person. I like him because he speaks the truth for once. Da, 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 da. 30%. So, so these paladins aren't necessarily smart. They're just driven by... Um, like a religious fervor almost. Yeah. Root out all evil. Must do it. And so the priest isn't going to approach the paladins. Like the, the, the forsaken are evil people. So the paladins would have no problem killing evil people. But at the same time, they have to maintain some transparency of yeah. we're not getting involved because that's the thing that you have to consider or Anders has to consider that they're operating in a town that they don't control. Like you control Grislandia. It's interesting though, because are they really evil? They're just a bunch of orphans or people that have had these horrible circumstances not everybody's that are trying to survive. I, I would and like to point out that you're, you are Anders and you're not Mike. And while Mike may have a cynical worldview of <laughs> even orphans that have to steal and, and, and murder for their bread is okay. Do they murder these Anders people? Anders probably doesn't. Because they just had Nick collecting. They didn't have They're I'm not, like the freaking mafia. Yeah. But some of the mafia is in some You bet some of the places. mafia is good. And again, yeah. I would like to point out that that is Mike's belief right. and very unlikely to be Anders' belief. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
Well, I guess just uh, tighten the collar around my neck. Let's go. <laughs> you can get us for this. You don't have to do it right now. No, you don't. Yeah, this is not oh. something you have to do right when, now. I thought I was going in right like, now. No, so, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Travis. Hi, bye. Well, shit. So you know that Crick said, you know, we're going to meet at the bar, right? Right, okay. So... You you could probably tell Travis that hey by the way I have to like decimate this hideout yeah and I'll be like yeah, yeah let's go <laughs> yeah so the followers of Abadar wish to bring the light of civilization to the wilderness to help educate all in the benefits of law and properly regulated commerce he expects his followers to obey all meaningful laws but not those which are ridiculous unenforceable or self contradictory. He is also a great proponent of peace as war inevitably leads to the degradation of trade and the stifling of prosperity for the general public. Man, they got that. That's cool. straight from the fucking War is the money. is the greatest driver of the economy <laughs> that the world has Not ever seen. What Mike thinks. <laughs> That's just reality, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not Novus. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> So Anders has left the Paladin compound to meet his allies at the Tooth and Claw. And we now come to Crick in the witch's hut. We have Claire still sitting on the bed. And the witch is frustratingly trying to teach Crick. Forget! Forget! And she bonks Crick on the head. You must release before gain. Mm, okay. You did not release! And she bonks you on the head again. Claire laughs. Hee 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 on the bed. You're silly. Uh, and Claire, menacingly at Claire. <laughs> she, and Claire kind of like goes back a bit and then she just laughs again. <laughs> I teach her well already. Uh, yeah. Forget! Hits you on the head again. <laughs> Yes, yes. Forget. I go very slowly. This is what I do now. Take time. Don't go quickly. Go slow. That is better. Enter the darkness. Enter the empty of the universe. Don't know what this means. I said empty! <laughs> yes, yes. And we head to Travis. I'm like getting Luke and Yoda training. <laughs> <laughs> there is no try. Fuck. I'm doing it, all right? So, Travis, you start approaching the same hideout where you approached the night before, the one run by Rufio of the Forsaken. This time a young girl runs to the door, and Rufio comes out a couple seconds later to invite you in. It's the same routine as you pass thugs and lowlifes alike, gambling on cards and fights. And you make it to Rufio's office and sit across from him. So I trust everyone paid the three silver? Well, this route has been known to bring trouble in the past. Really? Huh. It's funny. Nothing to trouble for old Travis here. And I say, oh, well, ex except there the were two houses. And... You can, you can say how you want to handle it, but here's your goal, and I put down uh, how much do I own? 10 to 30? It was 30. It should have been 30 total. Yeah. So I'm going to put down 24. 
So, this is not 30 silver. I just want your ruling on it. I, and I will. I have the other six, and I pull out six. And I put it down. And I say, one house, there was nobody there. So if you want me to go back and try again, I can do that. Or you can take this right now, and I'll just call it I visited there. The other one, there was a goblin in the side. He ran away, that little green guy, and he sicked his dog on me. I had to kill his dog. I feel bad about that, okay? I mean, but, oh, you should have seen that shot. I shot his skull clear over a wall. It's great. But, I mean, say, it's your choice here, Rufio. And I'll put the six there and be like... 30 is better than 24. So you should push the 30, the 30 silver out? <laughs> I'll, I'll give him the 30. Slide it all over. So you slide over the 30 silver reluctantly. Excellent. You have done well, Travis. Maybe it's time to give you something more interesting. Come see me tomorrow, won't you? No more disappearing. And he smiles menacingly at you. Okay, yeah. Okay, go. Dogs are looking great, by the way. No, they sleep all the time. Fucking useless. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Ruth. Later. You guys do the handshake again. Smack, smack, bump, bump, snap. <laughs> so Travis leaves the hideout and heads towards the Tooth and Claw. It's not long before Crick has done his first day of training, trying to forget. And he as well heads to the Tooth and Claw. What are adventurers going to get up to now? Are they going to take down the hideout? Are they going to go for another mission from the Forsaken? Or is Crick just going to take some time learning from a witch? Who knows? Find out next time. Oh, my head. It hurts so much. <laughs> That's the price of forgetting. <laughs> Why does my head hurt? <laughs>